welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and this week Dilly is away on blooming holiday. So stepping in as guest co-host, we have journalist, podcast host and one of the editors of the local Europe, the wonderful Rachel Loxton, to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Many listeners will know Rachel from the Germany in Focus podcast, which she produces and hosts with regular guest and friend of this very podcast, Aaron Gash Burnett. So, how are you, Rachel? I'm good, Nick, and thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very much enjoying the kind of warm weather we've had in Berlin, and it's basically public holiday season in Germany, as you know, so yeah. I'm really enjoying these little public holidays we're getting. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I was thinking of uh, of asking, do you get Thursday off? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. you do. You do get Christy Himmelfahrt <laughs> then. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get as many public holidays as you in Bavaria, obviously. No, of course not. Because you get every month off, basically, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's every, it's, I think it's 14 days in total. Is it 13 days we get total? I think you only get eight up, up in the dark north. Yeah, we are not doing well for public holidays in Berlin. It really sucks. But this is a good time for us, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a nice sort of lull. This week's a bit weird because I know that next week I'll be preparing to go with my wife in a hospital and there'll be a baby and it's all very it's already phony war at the moment it's all quiet and then suddenly the storm is going to occur next wednesday so i'm a bit on wow. tenter hooks yeah i know it is a bit wow isn't it that mate that is so exciting but very <laughs> very scary i can imagine <laughs> that's the second one so at least it's not the first i feel more relaxed but at the same time like it's become very real over the last couple of days like i keep thinking about like oh well this is the last time i'm probably going to do this on this day and this is the last time i'll be doing this because i'll not be able to uh, stay awake past sort of seven o'clock um so yeah yeah working out how it's going to impact everybody yeah how are you going to fit in the podcast that's the main thing <laughs> oh no i don't even think about it. let's go week by week and see what happens uh, fingers crossed everything will be okay i'm sure the baby will appreciate the importance with which I place recording the podcast. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's been other stuff happening as well, aside from my uh, ever-growing family. Eurovision was at the weekend, and I know uh, Aaron uh, was posting happily about his sort of viewing party, and he had a drinking game, I believe. Did you did you partake in this celebration? Were you having any, a Eurovision party? Nick, I was at Aaron's Eurovision party. (laughs) Gossip. (laughs) Yes, I honestly, I'm a bit of a Grinch when it comes to Eurovision. Usually, I used to watch it when I was younger, but I kind of got out the habit and stuff. And Aaron, he just, he kept going on about how amazing Eurovision was. You know, we talked about it a bit on our podcast last Mm. week as well. And I went to his party and I just got so into it. (laughs) <laughs> I was just his his enthusiasm just caught on and I I just I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great fun. So yeah. And Germany did really badly, obviously. Germany came last, right? Yes. <laughs> oh yes. God. That's so bad. I was really sad though because <laughs> I actually quite liked that song, weirdly. It was that that band Lord of the Lost, Blood and Glitter, this Hamburg band. Yeah, Blood and Glitter, what a title, man. <laughs> Come on. That's that's I enough know. should be getting some points for, at least, you know. But Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was just a total kind of glam rock, heavy metal 
camp, just crazy. And I think I was the only one at that party who liked that song, though, to be honest. Aaron didn't like it. <laughs> but we were intending to talk about it last week, but then we just forgot. And I'm kind of, I'm not unhappy that we did forget to talk about it. But the, the research I did was watch one of those compilation videos of all the songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're all fine. Like, there's none. I didn't think there was any that I was like, oh, that definitely deserves to be lost. That's awful. They're all like Euro pop. Even the British one was like, the British one might be the most Euro poppy Euro pop I've heard in a long time. Um, yeah. Where did Britain come? Did they come anywhere? They came second last. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. That is not great news, is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. But did you see the the one of the I can't remember exactly who it was a UK uh, diplomat ambassador ambassador yeah they said they tweeted something like UK and Germany best of friends holding up Europe together and <laughs> you know the with the leaderboard of them at the bottom and yeah I thought that was quite funny actually so nobody likes the UK and Germany do they they do seem to come last a lot there was a lot of um, sort of heart rending articles written about the tragedy of and how we need to reform our music in order to make it better got to take it out of the hands of these people and put it in the hands of other people and we're not listening to the the people who who like eurovision and um, all these other sort of post-mortem type things that's kind of like it's all right i mean it's it's ultimately a massive popularity contest and those popular countries generally do well no what not so popular countries generally do poorly yeah it's what it's not warranting some kind of uh, diplomatic incident not yet anyway i don't think no they're taking it far too seriously are they i mean it's just a big big schlager fest i would say <laughs> yeah no i was like can't you just get the cheesiest act in the country and just put that like it does it really have to be so kind of so focused and so kind of these like national polls and all these big competitions, pre-qualifiers and all this stuff. I don't know. I was like, just find someone, like find someone who's like a one-man band, does a bit of schlager, you know? Yeah. That, that, should, be, that should be enough. That should that be. That should be enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So was there like Eurovision themed drinks at this party? There wasn't. Just loads of tequila. <laughs> there was a lot of Prosecco. There was, the, he did have cool snacks, like salami with little Italian flags in it. Oh, solid. Yeah. And and someone made some kind of Marmite and cheese bites to represent what? the UK. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I bet there's loads of them left over. <laughs> no, everyone loved them. It was really weird. And I bought paprika crisps to represent germany of course that was was my contribution and i didn't bring any iron brew and things which is the scottish drink (laughs) but i think that's when you've got iron brew in the house you at least the scottish people i know kind of protect it with their lives they lock it up in a secure container and (laughs) and don't don't share it with anyone it's like gold dust you know exactly yeah i couldn't bring that to a party it's all for me (laughs) Yeah, you've got to save it for the hangover as well. Because obviously, I and Brew is the greatest hangover cure mm-hmm. uh, known to humanity. I mean, this is a good jumping off point to talk about the uh, the Scottish connection between us. Because uh, yes. something I'm sure that everyone's noticed is uh, Rachel is Scottish. Well, hey! And I have uh, my own sort of personal relationship with Scotland, having lived in Falkirk, a small town between Edinburgh and Glasgow for, I think it was about nine and a half years. I just couldn't handle the decade. So, uh, yeah. Um, where are you from originally in Scotland? 
So I'm from Aberdeen, which is on the northeast coast on the North Sea. I'm from a part of the city called Torre, which was which is an old fishing village, now just a housing area. And yeah, and I, I also lived in Glasgow for six years mm. when I was in Scotland. So I've moved around a little bit, but I've never lived in Falkirk. Well, you've missed out. I'll be honest. You missed out all the, yeah. there's, no, there's not a lot in Falkirk to miss out on. They've got a, a main street. There's a Witherspoons. Yeah, that's, that's quite nice. Aberdeen sounds way <laughs> more exciting. That's like real Scotland. There's no like, it's not kind of uh, milling around in the lowlands or in the central belt. It's like right up there, <laughs> right on the Aye, coast. Right on the sea. Exactly. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the country. And you've been in Germany for how long? I've been uh, in Germany for six and a half years now, mm. so quite a long time. It's getting, it's the years are adding up now at this stage. <laughs> you officially live here now. Oh well, just accept yeah, it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm just, I'm just, I believe I am a Berliner of some sort. Uh, yeah, I, the thing I was thinking about is, well, the thing I always think whenever I have a conversation about Britain with Germans in German is how often I hear the word England. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> as a Scottish person, how does it feel to constantly have people talking about, oh, you're like, you're from England, not from mm. sort of Great Britain or from Scotland? I mean, do you get that a lot? A lot of people calling you English? I think, yes, to start with, that, that does <laughs> that does happen quite a lot but then when i say that i'm from Shotland or S scotland mm. it, they they kind of switch and they really germans really love scotland mm -hmm. they have they have a real soft spot for scotland mm -hmm. if you've ever been to the highlands in scotland it's it's just germans everywhere that <laughs> that's where they go on holiday <laughs> it's so true as well yeah, yeah yeah you hear germans you see their their cars they absolutely love Scotland. So yeah, I think when they hear me first of all, or when they hear maybe an English accent, they just, everyone is England, aren't they? Mm. But then when I correct them, which I do, obviously, uh, then they're like, oh my God, Scotland, I love it. So mm. Scotland does get a lot of love, to be honest. Yeah, I spent, I think about five years working in a company where they just thought I was Scottish. They didn't know any different. And so, <laughs> really? Because I, I essentially said to them, oh, I'm from Newcastle upon Tyne, like the last start from the Schottische Grenze. And they went, ah, Shotland. Like they just understood that it was Sc oh, Scotland. I know that place. And they were just like, ah, they're just introducing me as the Scottish guy. And I was like, yeah, there's worse things I could be. <laughs> you know, I'll just, I'll take oh it. It's okay. I love that. I love that for you. But I tell you something, Nick, I also love Newcastle. I've had a great couple of nights out there. It's if you're a Scottish, very... you definitely have, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very fun and weird place. So, you know. <laughs> what, what, I've got to ask, what, what's weird about it? I mean, I thought I was hard coming from Scotland. And then I went, <laughs> we, me and my friends went to Newcastle and nobody was wearing any jackets. It was snowing. Mm -hmm. They were wearing no jackets at all. They were quite scary at times, <laughs> uh, like just the general vibe, yeah. but also very friendly. Mm. It was it was like a weird combination. We didn't really know what was going on, but we just we embraced it. Mm. When you see Newcastle going out to party, it can be quite a shock to the system because there's no half measures. I was out with a friend and she, she turned to us and goes, uh, oh, um, I take it cat suits are very popular in Newcastle. And I was like, what? Looked out the window and it was just like every woman on the street had a cat suit on. And I was just like, they're all like like really sort of 
colorful kind of bright green luminous pink and it was kind of like a shock to the system and then you looked at all the blokes and they were all in permatan so everyone just sort of looks very shiny and sort of very colorful and it's all a bit full-on and they're all kind of very loud and drunk as well so mm-hmm. it can be a bit of a shock to the system for sure it's so it's so true but i'm you know i'm used to that a little bit coming from scotland of course people make a big effort when mm. they go out but it's really if you compare it to germany in berlin if you kind of went out with your tan or your catsuit it would be really different actually like mm. people do not get dressed up to go out in berlin do they or germany i don't know i mean or do you have that not to i mean i'm an augsburg i'm in bavaria for god's sake everyone's wearing lederhosen right no um everyone's (laughs) i mean everyone's quite reserved for sure i mean the most obvious difference and you see it i had a a class the other day and i showed them a video of like a vox pop in a british street and i finished and i said oh what what are your takeaways about what they were saying and there was this group at the back who were just like we couldn't really pay attention because we're just like wondering why everyone in a country that has no sun seems to have the most insane like tans or <laughs> why does everyone have loads of makeup on, you know? And that was the thing that they were quite shocked by. And it is quite, I mean, it is very different in that respect. But like yeah. clothing wise, people are more reserved for sure. There's no like mad stilettos or kind of full on skin tight t-shirts and stuff like that. It's not like that kind of vibe. It's much, much more dressed down, I guess. But I'd yeah. assume Berlin was a bit more madder than than that. I thought there was there yeah. was a little bit more chaos in the uh, in the old uh, Hauptstadt. Well, chaos in a different way, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> like well, maybe political chaos. <laughs> no, like maybe they haven't you know washed their hair for three weeks and they're you know wearing some crazy clothes or something. Ah. But you know, I do have to admire the the Newcastle way, so because they do look immaculate, so. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of respect for for these lasses going out with their cat suits and their massive heels. I'm, I'm I just think it's amazing. But the, the blokes as well. I mean, I've never seen so many kind of feathered eyebrows, like just on wow. like in the gents' toilets. You know, like there's very sort of manicured and very kind of like stylized beards and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't have the. I just I felt like I was underdressed, even if I even when I, if I was wearing like a three piece suit. I'd feel like I just haven't prepped enough, haven't done enough sort of skincare, or, or my, my, I'm very pale. I feel very pale in this environment. So yeah, it's just a funny one. I do, but I like it. I like that kind of vibe of like we're going out and it means something, and we're gonna like have a party. But at the same time, I just I like watching it. I don't want to partake in it particularly. I don't think mm-hmm. it sounds like too much yeah. effort for me. Yeah, that's why you moved to Germany. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just. It's just low effort, isn't it? That's that's exactly the reason. There's no, there's never any problems in Germany. Everything is just a, a smooth, streamlined kind of process. Um, <coughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was wondering though, do you think you have like a different kind of experience than sort of English people? Then do you think? Like I always get the vibe. My experience with seeing Scottish people outside of Scotland is mm-hmm. it's always good to see Scottish people outside of Scotland in a sense that. If you go into a bar and there's a group of Scottish lads or there's a group of Scottish sort of tourists or whatever, it's always kind of fun. The, the crack, as we'd say, is, is always solid. They're sort mm. of laughing and joking, good sense of humour. Whereas whenever I meet English people outside of England, it can be a bit... It's, the experience is very different. <laughs> it's not quite as humorous. It's not quite as welcoming, I always feel. 
So I don't know if that's something that you've noticed particularly, obviously in a bigger place like Berlin. Well, there is definitely a big Scottish population here. Mm. I don't know if it's big or mm -hmm. I just know quite a lot of them, but we do get together a lot and everyone is really friendly and it, mm -hmm. is, it is a great crack, to be honest. I, I absolutely love it. I get a feeling where I just need to be around Scottish people. But I feel I feel mm. like since you're the honorary Scot that you could you could join in with that <laughs> if people think you're Scottish. I think the Geordie accent gets you gets you quite far, you know. So it's okay. Um, yeah, I definitely use the Falkirk kind of thing because a lot of the time it's just like oh, I lived in Falkirk for nine years, and then everyone's like, "I'm really sorry." <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, that's great." So it's fine. But yeah, I definitely yeah. think there's a different kind of experience. Well, like yeah. when Scottish people get together, it feels like it's like, oh, well, I'm from like, you're from Aberdeen or I'm from like Glasgow. And it's like, that doesn't matter. But when English people get together, it's like, um, I'm from Kent and I'll be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like, it'll be, it'll be like, oh, I'm from, I'm from here in London. And like the London people all know like weird bits of London. And I'll be like, I don't know any of that stuff. I don't like, oh, do you know, like on such and such a street and they're like, oh yeah. And they're like sort of called the ins and outs of London. I'm like, yeah, meaningless to me. Yeah, that's so funny because I I do feel like when when I meet an English person here, hmm. they they're almost some of them are almost quite embarrassed sometimes because I I say like where where are you from and and they're like oh it's just Southeast England and you know they're not kind of tell me exactly where they're from which is what I'm yeah. asking but yeah. it starts from like I feel like Northern English and Scottish yeah. people they will tell you they will tell yeah. you what street they're from or something you know what exactly. I mean exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> So it's a, it's always like a, a funny vibe. And then the other side of it is some people, because Berlin is so international, mm. I think that some people are not, you know, they don't even care about Scotland. They're just like island somewhere. And then people think I'm Irish or something just be, just <laughs> yeah. because they, they, I don't know why, I don't sound Irish at all, but they, they just hear a different accent. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, you're Irish. Yeah, totally. No, I think it's, I mean, that's, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's like, oh, that's a different form of, English than I've ever heard, probably mm. Irish. Those categorize you. It's like the Welsh and the Scottish are kind of, oh, well, that's all the same thing, isn't it? You know, but I think my sort of accent confuses people mostly. They can't mm -hmm. place it, they've never heard it. It's kind of because I've, I teach a lot of, I'm doing a lot of pronunciation, it kind of, I'm not quite Geordie enough. So it's like, it's not definitely not RP, but it's definitely not proper Geordie. And so it's somewhere in the middle, which is just bemusing to, to the average Bavarian that I'm knocking about with. Um, they're just like, oh, they just don't really know. And then I start speaking German and that causes even more havoc. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can relate to that because my, I've lost my accent a little bit. Well, I still have it deep down, mm. but because I do journalism and I talk to people, I, I've had to kind of change the way I speak a little bit. And it's hard sometimes because I sometimes feel like, you know, my friends back home are like, why are you talking posh? And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then here is like, why are you talking like this? And it's like, oh, I can't really fit in, you know. I feel so seen. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's exactly exactly my experience down to a T. It's like you just sort of end up with this kind of hybrid accent that doesn't accommodate anybody at all. But it's interesting because I was thinking about where you were from because I knew it's like, well, it's not a Glasgow accent. It's definitely not an Edinburgh accent because that's quite anglicised, isn't it? And I was like, well, it must be Northern. But I was like, it's mm -hmm. not Inverness. And my sort of guess was Aberdeen. So I was quite happy that I was kind of in that in that area. 
because oh, uh, I'm really glad. But it's I mean it's a very it's a distinctive accent, and it's it's like when you hear it, it's very different from like the Glaswegians I know who live in Germany. They have a hell of a time communicating when they speak German because it's such a particular accent, and it's got yeah. such particular kind of elements to it. I don't know if you find that speaking German is is particularly difficult with your accent. I, I definitely know it's difficult with certain vowel sounds and there's quite yeah. a monotonal element to Geordie anyway. But yeah, do, is this something you found? Or you found a kind of a challenge to speak German? Yeah, I I, I basically have given up on pronunciation. I, <laughs> <Yes>. I, just, <laughs> I just think I will speak German with this Scottish accent yeah. I have. I, but I honestly, I kind of like it in a way. I like mm. how other, you know, when, I don't know, say Spanish people speak English and they have a really Spanish accent. Mm-hmm. I think that makes us all special. This is what I'm telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, <laughs> you know? it's a good thing to say, I think. I think you're right. Like a Spanish S sound. So, oh God, that's great. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's just, it is hard. German is such a hard language that I feel like if we can't pronounce some of the words or the sounds, let it go. It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter. It does. I'm, I'm very much like that where I'm like, oh, I just dispense with daddy and das. And it's like, <laughs> like imagine how, how kind of conceited you have to be to go like, well, it's this bit of language is difficult. Fuck it. Not going to do it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I've got to learn to do it because otherwise yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm just a right scumbag. But I think with pronunciation, it's different. You must have had this where you'll say a word and they'll correct you, uh, mm-hmm. your pronunciation, and you'll say exactly what they've said back to them. And they go, nope, you're still not getting it right. And it's just like, how do you, uh, yeah, I think it's different when it when it comes to certain pronunciation, um, umlauts aside. Yeah. It can be a real, real kicker. Do you still like get to go back to Scotland a lot, or I mean, do you still feel like a strong connection with with Aberdeen and that? Yeah, I really, I really do feel connected to Scotland. I, to be honest, I feel more Scottish in Germany than I did in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of, I, th- I think it's a way of connecting with Scotland by being so obsessed with Scotland while while I'm here. It's like mm-hmm. all I talk about is Scottish stuff. Not quite, but I can't, I can barely do anything without mm-hmm. bringing up a Scottish reference. And I think that's my way of feeling connected. But in general, I do I do try and get back quite a lot, although it's just so expensive at mm-hmm. the moment with flights and stuff. But overall, I, I speak to my family and my friends a lot. And I I even I even God, I even listen to like Robert Burns poem. I'm I'm a mess. <laughs> oh, that's sweet though. That's lovely. I can't believe I admitted that. No, it's good. I think <laughs> but it's like it's one of the things that I love about Scotland is it really kind of knows its shit, you know, it knows what it is. And I always feel like it's very distinctive place and it's got a very particular kind of personality, maybe isn't quite the word I'm looking for, but the sort of traditional stuff, the the, the traditional cultural stuff, so so distinctive that it's yeah man i totally into that i mean i sing uh geordie fishing songs to my daughter you know so <laughs> i totally get that vibe i'm like oh like what's a traditional song that like i could sing and then like learn it and sing it because i mean otherwise how else do you mm. how do you else do you keep it going it's quite nice to have that i can't say robbie burns is one of my favorites i'll be honest with you i don't fully understand everything he says <laughs> or oh, it's always it's written sorry like it's not like he's reading it in a book on tape but um well i don't want to judge what you listen to at night <laughs> yeah i get my kicks with a bit of uh poetry about haggis yeah lyrically it's interesting burns night and so forth it's always lovely to hear mm. but um i'm not sure if i'm i'm gonna kick it on when it's uh 
of an evening. But hey, you do you, right? That's... Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like it's these kinds of things that I wouldn't do in Scotland. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Because you're there and you're actually mm-hmm. in Scotland, so you don't need to do that. But you do start doing these kinds of things, like singing fisherman songs and stuff, <laughs> just to you know, just because you're you're in this foreign country and you're trying to. We love so much about it, but mm-hmm. we're also like, I miss home. <laughs> Do you know what gets me? And this is like, this is the sort of most Scottish I get. And it's a bit stereotypical, but I think you could, again, you'll probably appreciate it. Sort of around about the first sort of weekend where it's really kind of wintry. And it's like, right, get the half a flock and I'm making porridge. Where's the salt? You know, like oh, it sort of kicks in and it's exactly like that sort of. And it's because it's sort of, it's a touchstone, isn't it? It's something you can really, food's always like that. But but I think it's, it's one of those things where, oh, yeah, like I remember sort of family members doing that or the iron brew is a great example of what you were mentioning before i can't go in a shop and like if i go into the trank market we have here they've got loads of different stuff they always have cans of iron brew but they're like one euro 50 which is exorbitant for a price of like a can of iron brew buy it every time no problem like i'll happily buy it and say oh yeah man like that's a bonus isn't it it's a good reason to have gone gone shopping today can't like sort of knock it um mm. so that's definitely it but there's there's other things you just can't get your hands on but i kind of like the idea that there's this very particular kind of lawn sausage or like morning rolls or stuff like that that were really kind of typical kind of stuff that we used to have that you just like i have to go to scotland to get that and when you finally do get it it's well worth the way oh completely completely did you did you drink bucky in falkirk <laughs> oh god yeah oh god yes did i I mean, do you manage to get your hands on on the old Buckfast? Actually, we should say for the listeners' uh, benefit, Buckfast is uh, um, it's it's from Devon, isn't it? It's like made in Devon. Uh, this kind of weird fortified wine, yeah. and it's yeah, it's it's a trip. I think it's got more caffeine in it than like three cans of Red Bull. I think I've read oh, it's got loads Jesus. of caffeine in it. It's like probably <laughs> got some mad shit going on. It's like, and it is basically you drink it, and it's like being delivered into the hands of satan himself it really is that's very nice yeah that's a very (laughs) nice description it's like real vicious but funny at the same time i mean do you did you drink it no i i I mean i drank it a few times but i never drank it regularly it's i mean it's not that not that good but they do sell it here in a shop here. So sometimes I will buy it, which again is crazy. This is yeah. me. I'm living out my Scottish dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've really got to commit to have any Buckfast at all because it is. I'm, I've got friends still in, Scot- in, in, in Falkirk who are like, this is the greatest beverage ever made. And I'm like, I don't know if you're like just brainwashed <laughs> or what, but it's, that's clearly not true. And they're, they're always talking about get because you have numbered bottles. And the, the most important number is, I think, number one. If you get a number one bottle, then you've you've won life, I guess. That's but, right. Um, I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, God. It's a really weird little thing. But I, I, I mean, I've got very distinct memories of hanging outside of a, a corner shop waiting for older boys to go and buy alcohol for us. And that felt like the most, the most Scottish housing estate experience anyone could ever really have. <laughs> I wasn't really ready for it. But that, that's, yeah. Yeah. You survived, so well done. <laughs> barely, barely. Um, still have a sense of humour, um, but yeah, yeah. I don't think I would want to go back to the old Buckfast, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, among the sort of aside from listening to Robbie Burns, are there any other particularly Scottish things that you do that would 
like surprise other people or surprise maybe yourself a little bit? That's a good question. Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I had to really think about that. But I think one thing I do is I call people pal all the time, which I picked <laughs> up in Glasgow. Yeah. So I'm always saying, not really to, not not when I'm speaking German, really. But if I'm speaking yeah. English, hey pal, and and now a lot of my friends here they use the word pal. Mm-hmm. And another thing, and I don't know if this is Scottish, but I I really hate putting the big light on. Is that <laughs> is that a, is that a Scottish thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh that is wonderful that is great the big light yeah um, i'm really troubled by that yeah i mean it's a preference i don't like the big light i have it on right now and it upsets me um so i do <laughs> i do understand that it's not even about saving energy it's about like uh it's just the shading of the room is, is not it's not good you know yeah but it's still. a vibe yeah <laughs> it's, it's a, a thing it a that vibe. i know I know that everyone in Scotland hates the big light. Um, I, I'm also going going to Cayley. I, I do absolutely love it. I love going to Cayley and dancing. So that's the Scottish country dancing that we do. Did you do social dance at school? I, of course. Did oh, you? Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You're from, wait, in Newcastle, you were doing Scottish dancing? No, no. So when I moved to Falkirk, I moved when I was 15, which meant I got standard grades and... Uh, what was it hires so that was like sort of my block and part of the standard grade PE course uh, physical education listeners was uh social dance and it was the most harrowing traumatic experience of my entire (laughs) school career being forced to learn how to do Scottish dancing which in itself is fine but definitely better when you're at a kind of wedding and you've had six beers but um, Mm -hmm. not great on a Monday morning in a gymnasium hall and um, yeah, then you had to da- you obviously had to dance with the the girls who, at the age of sort of fifteen, that's the last thing the the thing you want the most, but the thing you least want to do. So um, yeah, being put in these kind of very awkward kind of positions where you're dancing with somebody and bowing and holding hands. Oh God, I'm having flashbacks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling very embarrassed. <laughs> It's just cringy. <laughs> yeah, that's thing. that's very real. That's this is uh, very troubling. The actual the social mm. dancing that we had to do, but the actual nowadays, if you go to Kaylee, it's just super fun because you're you're being flung mm. around. You're listening to some. No, that's not the music, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about. No, no, I'd say that. I, I, it feels familiar. That sent me back about twenty years, maybe more than that at this point. I don't feel like I remember or retain any of the information I learned in social dancing, but I do feel much more comfortable when um, a Kaylee comes on. And honestly, the preference of of wedding attire would always be a kilt. Way more comfortable. Fantastic. A million times more comfortable than anything else. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) And and so so I was kind of surprised. I remember being forced to wear a kilt for the first time and me being all sort of anti-Scottish about it. And then after about 20 minutes, I was like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) <laughs> it's really comfortable. This is really, and we got a knife in our socks. Great, happy it's days. It's so cool. I mean, the women don't get anything like that, so you're lucky. <laughs> we don't get we don't get to wear a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get like a sort of a Highland outfit, don't there? Isn't there like sort of a a, a kilt variant of some I description? Mean, I mean, I don't think so. It's like it's like German. They've got they've got man and woman version, don't they, with mm-hmm. the lederhosen and the drindle, but. 
but for Scottish, no, we don't we don't get that, I don't think. There I mean, if you were doing the country dancing professionally, I'm sure you'll get something. But if you go to a wedding, there's <laughs> yeah, not you like look a bit mad. <laughs> Yeah. in my professional dancing outfit is that person going to dance i think so yeah they might do awkward um, just a little bit but uh yeah i mean it's there is a, there's a lot of that i don't have a kilt here although i get requests from a lot of people um do you have a kilt and i'm like no but i should do i should get a kilt that would be quite useful I think you should just buy into this whole thing, Nick. Just go full on Scottish. <laughs> lean Scottish. You lean Scottish, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's why I'm going to get that slogan on a t-shirt. That's the start. Lean Scottish. That's the way forward. Yep. <laughs> One of the other things that you were talking about that I thought was was really funny was like those things that you do that are surprisingly German and those things that you do that are surprisingly Scottish or in my case, English, British, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm being very careful of the independence discussion by not talking about Britain. So just in case I didn't want you to uh, hang up on me. Um, Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> for you, uh, dodge that bullet. One of the things you mentioned that, that makes you feel a bit more German when you're in Scotland is the idea of paying for things separately when you go out with a group of friends. And that's quite common in Germany. You do that, you split the bill, the bill like Zusammen oder getrennt. And it's yeah. like, like that's totally a standard question asked by servers and restaurants and bars across mm -hmm. the country. But in Scotland, it's not seen as a particularly positive step. Is that right? Yes. Nick, I would never, never pay separately in Scotland for, for a bill. I think I would be marched out if if by my friends if i if i did that it it would be so weird but i think i think what is different about germany is the whole way that they pay bills because you know the server comes to the table mm -hmm. and they just hang around so they don't leave the the receipt on the the table and then you you can talk to your your diner friends and then you pay and then the server comes back do they? You have to pay no. it there and then. And yeah, they're this, kind of waiting. Yeah, this was a huge culture shock to me. And then the fact that they say Suzanne and Oda Gatrend, like to pay together or separately, this was just <laughs> blew my mind because I'm like, why would we pay separately <laughs> when we're, you know, we would just split the bill somehow or of course, if it was just two people there, one of you might pay. But if mm. it's friends, you would just kind of say, hey, we'll split it four ways or something like that. But so this but this is a German thing that I now have just got used to. <laughs> and yeah. I actually think in Germany, I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense. You know, I just had my I just had my vegan dinner. Uh, I'll just pay for that. I'm not going to pay extra. And now <laughs> I just feel so German about it now, because like I say, if in Scotland, it would be so rude to try and pay just for your food at a table, right? What's typical is always the, this is something that I came up against when I was at university and I used to really hate it. I'd go out with my family and uh, my, my siblings would have full-time jobs and I'm a student and they would order a load of drinks and I would be like really careful or maybe I had to go to work the next day or something. So maybe wouldn't drink that much, have two beers and they'd have five beers each. And then they'd be like, all right, we'll split the bill. And I've kind of like bought the, the cheapest thing on the menu. I've bought the cheapest beer I can find. And then it's like, all oh, right, now I'm still paying 50 quid. And like, I've got 
at the time one of my siblings i think they still do it to be honest where they'll just be like they order always order the most expensive thing always order like significantly more alcohol than any human being probably needs to imbibe in any situation and it's always like oh let's split the bill and i'm like screw you man like that's totally cheating that's not how it works so yeah it would be it would be seen as kind of you're being difficult maybe or Mm -hmm. um I think also it's too forward to go like oh, I'm just going to pay for what I had, and 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 that would be seen as is f- forwardness always seems to come across as impoliteness, yeah. Whereas forwardness in German is just like the norm, like this is what I want to yeah. do. What do you want to do? Oh, okay, well I don't want to do that. All right, fine. <laughs> it's very direct and clear. So yeah, that's so true. And I I think like when you're saying that I. I completely understand. And I think that's where it's a really good thing Mm. where you would just pay for what you had, especially in a situation when someone is, for example, not eating meat or something. So they're always going to eat less or they're not drinking so much. It makes total sense. But yeah, it's, it's just so awkward in, in the UK, isn't it? That kind of how you're going to split the bill. Yeah. I don't even think I would attempt it. I think at this point I'd like you, I would just, be like smile and go yeah sure no problem even though i got the cheapest thing on the menu uh so it's like roll with <laughs> it and and not you don't want to stand out either you don't want to be like but i've had the kind of the reverse i was employed by this company and it, well i had a christmas party and we all went out sort of 10 people all the colleagues and the bosses and stuff went out for, for dinner this is in germany and um they wanted to get tapas now I don't know about your thoughts about tapas, but I just think it's a it's a fucking scam, right? It's a it's a horrible scam to scam you out of all your money and give you the minimum amount of food that any human being really wants to have in a restaurant. I totally don't. I just, I just think it's a, anytime I see tapas anywhere, I'm like, well, I'm writing that off right away. Like there was a place that tried to do Bavarian tapas, and I was like, well, screw that. Like I can see that scam coming right towards me. And anyway, so they were like, oh, let's order tapas, let's share. And you know what happens when people share, right? You order the things you want and everyone eats them. That's always what happens. That's the process. You order like, oh, I'll get the meatballs and I'll get the sort of the potatoes and these things are always good and the, whatever that is wrapped, dates wrapped in something or whatever, bacon usually. And you're like, oh, uh, you're eating them. And then someone will go, can I try one? And I fucking hate it. I hate it when oh people go, God. can I try your food? And the whole thing was just, I could see this happening. And I was like, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm just going to order a steak. And the entire room was just like, they just thought I was a disgusting beast of some kind that had invaded their <laughs> lovely homely event that they created. And like, can't believe you. You're going to order steak. We're going to order tapas and we're going to share it. And I'm like, yeah, great. Like share your food. Don't even look at my food. Don't even look at it. Don't. I don't even like the idea that you can smell it. So maybe we can get that solved as well. Maybe I can sit at a different table from you. But they were really, they were really upset about it. And it was really weird. And I was like, have I broken some kind of communal rule here? We all paid separately as well. <laughs> oh my! Oh my goodness! This is, but they weren't. They were German, or they weren't. They were all German. Yeah, yeah. Well, they should have. They should have uh, admired you for being so direct. <laughs> I thought this is the one place I'll get away with it, and but maybe it's that thing you know when you meet Germans who teach English that awfully often they're um, uh, Anglophiles and they're often more British than most British people. Like they observe the Britishness in a very particular way. And so maybe I just offended their British sensibilities by by sort of ordering separately. I I really enjoyed the steak though. So I, I'll be honest with you, I have never regretted that decision. 
And, I'm, um, I'm happy for yeah. you. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it, I mean, if I was with a group of people ordering tapas and someone just ordered a steak, I I probably would think that was a bit weird, to be honest. <laughs> all right. All right. Now we're hearing it. Now we're, now we're getting the truth there, Rachel. Yeah. Okay. So it's just me in my own little fortress of of single ordering steak. Um, yeah. I mean, admittedly, I was being probably more belligerent than I needed to be, but I've really, I can't underline how much I hate tapas. <laughs> just this, yeah, this is a, this is a sore point for you. I can tell. Yeah, clearly, clearly I need to go get that checked out by somebody. Um, yeah. So, um, is there any other German things that you perhaps do when you're back in, in Scotland that like blow people's minds? Is it, is it only just the desire to, the, the sense that you want to order and pay separately? Or is there other like little kind of Germanisms that have crept into your your personality? I definitely think that I'm a little bit more direct than <laughs> I <laughs> might have been if I had stayed in Scotland. I do think that rubs off on you a bit. I mean, we mm -hmm. can tell from your steak situation. <laughs> but I, I I definitely think that I try to yeah, be more direct. That's definitely I don't I don't know if um I don't know if there's anything else. Really, mm. the directness is hard to avoid. I think it yeah. just becomes comes naturally at some point. Like when your friends and family visit, do they like adjust? Do they become more direct, or do they? Because like when my friends and family come over, there it feels like I'm with the most British people in the world, and they're kind of super polite and and it, it's a bit off putting to be to be honest. Um, but I <laughs> just yeah, I'm just saying it's unnecessary politeness. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you find that they adjust well to the kind of the hustle and bustle of uh, of Berlin? The kind of was it the the quite sort of directness of, of oh of yeah, Berliners? the schnauzer. Yeah, the, genau. Yeah, um, well, my, I would say my family and friends also just extremely polite. They're also just trying to pay bills the the British way. They're they're smiling at everyone, which, as you know, is the worst thing you could do in Berlin. <laughs> Never yeah. smile at anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's such a wonderful city. Um, I know. <laughs> That's why we, why I live here. But yeah, I, I do think. But the thing is, they, they love it as well. So they've kind of, they kind of, they love coming here. They, they come here with their happy, positive Scottish side. And they don't let anything bother them. So if anyone's rude to them, they, I don't think they even notice. <laughs> They're just like, oh, well, could be worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, this indecipherable Berlin accent, uh, it, it, it makes it a lot easier to avoid all those insults. Yeah. I mean, Berliners just mumbling under their breath at you all the time <laughs> on the bus, in the bakery. <laughs> anywhere somebody's just annoyed at you and you get used to it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that, that's fair enough i think as long as long as you don't react you're fine <laughs> exactly one thing i enjoy about living in germany is the lack of necessity to engage in nonsense small talk but it seems i might be in the minority in fact, a story recently reported in The Local focused on a new style of checkout that's been introduced in a Bavarian supermarket. A local editor in Memmingen has decided to open a Ratchen, or chatty checkout, for those people who want a little more humanity in their shopping trip. The checkout aims to combat loneliness, especially among pensioners, 
But going by the reaction of some people, they would like to see them rolled out across the country. So, Rachel, do you uh, like a natter at the casa? I mean, yes, I do. I do. But <laughs> in Germany, I, I honestly do not think it's possible. I love this story, by the way. I, I think it's actually in another supermarket as well, somewhere in mm. Bavaria. It seems to be uh, at least a couple are doing it. But the funniest thing about this story, Nick, is that the these casts are open from like 9 till 11 a.m., Tuesday to Friday or something like that. So it's like scheduled small talk. <laughs> With like licensed professionals, of course. Yeah. I mean, it just it's just not, it's like so not, it's like formal. It's just so German. And yeah, but I, I quite like that story. But I just think you could not have a chat with uh, a, a German uh, supermarket till. Can you mm. imagine if you're just like, wie geht es Ihnen? <laughs> when you were packing your bags how are you that would be so weird i did try it at i tried it in lidl of all places oh god like god how what a, what a stupid place to try and have small talk they're, they're entirely designed to get you out of that shop as fast as humanly possible they're mm -hmm. like throwing the shopping at you and that didn't go down well and i've, I've not tried since and, and going by most of my lo local supermarkets they don't have the the look of people who really want to engage with with me at any level my daughter generally brings out the best, <laughs> like the most emotion that I've seen checkout workers um, offer uh, in my direction. It was when I was with my daughter and she said something and she goes like, hello. She's sort of saying hello to people. So she's constantly saying hello to the checkout staff. Mm -hmm. and, and and they react very kindly towards her and then turn to me and look at us like I've... Uh, I've escaped from the zoo or something. Yeah. So um, I think that's probably personal, Nick. <laughs> 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 oh, you're just here to give me neuroses. We've already discussed my deep, dark secrets of social dance and tapas. What next? Anyway, <laughs> I guess that that's 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 the norm. Is that I mean they don't want to speak to you. I kind of find that quite refreshing. That they yeah. don't want to talk. Yeah, I don't know. What's wrong. Well, I I just think it's so different. You know, we've been talking a lot about Scotland, the UK. I I think it's so different to what I'm used to growing up because they people will say things to you you're in a supermarket in scotland like so what you doing for the rest of the day or mm -hmm. you having mm -hmm. a day off or what what you up to you just buying some stuff and you're like yeah and <laughs> i do go when when i'm in that situation now from living in germany i mm -hmm. i am kind of taken aback at that to when mm -hmm. when they do that i'm kind of to start with it's like why are you asking me those questions because it would never happen in germany for someone to ask ask you what you're doing with your day or something like that yeah i've been shopping in the same supermarket every sort of saturday for about two years and i might as well just be any other person like i see the same checkout person every saturday like it's yeah. not it's not a big supermarket i see the same person i like i know their name it's always uh, hair and frau on the barges i think that's a real block to any small talk opportunity is having someone's like last name on their badge instead of their first name like there's yeah. a difference between approaching frau muller and janine you know <laughs> like it's much That's easier <laughs> when you've got someone's first name a bit more welcoming you know otherwise like oh uh wie geht's frau muller <laughs> you know <laughs> it sounds already a little bit a mm, little bit troubling so yeah i think i think it's true that it's German is quite a formal language or it does mm. have that more formalness to it than English, you know, because we use first names 
all the time. Yeah. I mean, even if you're if you're in a doctor's waiting room in in the UK, when people come out, the the doctor comes out, they will say Rachel. That would never happen in Germany. It would be no. Frau Loxton. Mm-hmm. And so everything is just much more formal. So I think it does it does make a difference. I think the language aspect and and the societal way of using the the C rather than the do. Yeah, exactly. Having that kind of socialized distance in your communication will do mm-hmm. that. I used to miss it much more, and and it, cause it was like that. Like it's hard. It's it's not nice to say. Oh, it's like it's a it's a day to day friendliness because it makes it sound like journey some like hellhole of unfriendliness. And I know a lot of people might say that, but I don't personally sort of agree. But it's like a a nice kind of thing when someone takes an interest in what you're doing, and it's kind of a very basic aspect. But what I noticed when I went back to the UK recently was I didn't have any of those nice checkout interactions because nearly every shop I went to had basically only. Um, um, self-scanner machines and you don't get the yeah. same warm small talk vibe from a, a, a robotic device that's shouting um forbidden item in packing area or whatever it is absolutely <laughs> so. yeah and it's funny because i think germany is very scared of the self-checkouts mm. because you notice they're barely in any supermarkets not at all and that and that and that is weird because they would make everything faster so germans could be even more efficient with the supermarket <laughs> with with these checkouts, but they're they're not trusting them. I don't think. I've only seen them in a couple of places. I saw there's one in the local Baumarkt around the corner from us, but it's it's manned. And uh, honestly, I went in on Saturday, and I went to the self service, and on either side of the self service area are two normal checkouts, and they had massive queues, mm-hmm. and then there was no one wanted, just no one wanted to use the self scanning device. And I was like, beep, 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 done, out. I was like, it's <laughs> mad that you would want you'd want to stand in that queue. And you have it at IKEA as well. They or IKEA, they always have those self-scanning mm-hmm. devices. But again, the same sort of situation. People kind of avoid them like the plague. But in Britain, it's like, great, I don't have to speak to anyone. Like, that's kind of the vibe. <laughs> it's like, like a lot of people are going, oh, like, I don't have to engage with anyone in any kind of conversation. This is much nicer. So maybe the human experience without the small talk has definitely got to be better than the self-scanning device i would say yeah yeah and actually i have got to know a little bit my um supermarket my local one i'm pointing out the window right now if you can see i'm not saying they're having a big chat with me but Mm. a couple of the the workers they will like give me a very tiny smile and Mm. because i go there a lot and i do like that i think it's i think that connection is possible and mm. I, and again making it sound like Germany is not friendly I love Germany <laughs> just like caveat <laughs> yeah caveat Germany. I love this country anyway fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I thinking like I Germans are some of the most friendly people I just think it takes a lot longer yeah you know, yeah I, sure I'm really friendly with my my neighbours now and it took a, quite a while to get to that mm-hmm. point so it's a different rhythm for sure, I think that's true. I did get a, I'm in and out of the bow market at the moment because we're doing just ridiculous amounts of of DIY before the baby arrives, and so I've been in and out of that place nearly every other day. And I got, I went in and I saw the a guy I'd spoken to a couple of weeks ago about some tool or whatever, and he and he gave me a very cheery like Savus, and I was like, oh wow, like <laughs> it's like um, I've, I've made a friend. Um, yeah, so I mean, you do it does take a bit of time and a bit of like interaction, a bit more of that stuff, bit of effort. I think it's kind of mm. effortless in the UK when when it comes to small talk, but there's a lot more. You've got to move a bit closer to that person and kind of build a relationship with them. 
yes. um, in order to get to that point. But at, at this point, I think I'll settle for just sort of holding up my daughter and she can interact with the checkout staff while I pack the bags or whatever. Uh, that, that'll Fantastic. service the, the small talk conversation. <laughs> Across Europe, housing is a major issue. Whether you're in London, Paris, Madrid or Rome, the discussion around the topic is often very similar. Too few houses and all of them too expensive. Unsurprisingly, this is a frequent topic of discussion among Berliners too, with the German capital being one of the most expensive places not only to buy, but often even to rent. A recent review by Immovelt.de found that there has been an increase in rents demanded for apartments in Berlin on the Immovelt website in the first quarter of 2023, with some of those prices reaching a 22% high compared to 2022. It all sounds very uh, uh, very depressing. Uh, so 22% seems like a pretty dramatic leap, Rachel. Uh, does that match your own experience of trying to find a flat in, in Berlin? I mean, yeah, I didn't uh, find a flat last year. I've been here uh, over a year now in my current place. But what I would say is that it's not surprising to me at all from speaking to people, speaking to, you know, readers and listeners of the local and our podcast and my friends, the, the prices really have gone up. But I think what we have to remember is that Berlin is behind the likes of London, Paris, etc., and even Munich and Frankfurt. Mm. So it's it's got a little bit more to go. So you can see how they could make such a steep uh, jump, the the prices, because Berlin is traditionally a bit cheaper and that is mm -hmm. changing. And I was looking at some figures earlier and I think one of the reasons is that Berlin's population apparently grew in 2022 by about 13,400 people. Wow. So you can imagine that there are just lots of people moving here and after the pandemic as well. So you mm -hmm. can see how the, the the supply is just not there to meet the demand. I mean, that was the big the big thing, wasn't it? The, the sort of fear that it would become a kind of San Francisco type affair where you have lots of tech companies based in Berlin uh, paying the sort of high wages to technicians and, and mm -hmm. developers and, and so on and so forth, programmers, and that it would just price people out of the out of the market. But um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, about how it's not, it's kind of behind those other major cities. It, it, you did mention Munich and, and Frankfurt. I mean, prices have been going up acro across the country. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's smaller price rises uh, in Frankfurt. In fact, I think Frankfurt had the smallest uh, price rise uh, that was, I think it was about 5.6% mm -hmm. uh, for old housing and 8.3% for new housing. So the prices are, are still higher but but and, and increasing but not at the same kind of rate as berlin but like munich the, the sort of thing that i always see is that there's lots of people who can't afford to live in munich and so they live in augsburg and then the people who live in augsburg have to live outside of the city and that's kind of what happened to us priced out of the city center and had to go find somewhere else to to live yeah um and that's always my, my thought I'd, I'd listened a bit to your conversation on the podcast uh last week uh, the Germany in Focus podcast, and you were talking about the choice of living in the countryside or, or living in the city, and how it was like quite a lot of people actually preferred to live in the uh, in the countryside. And then I was like, how many of those people prefer to live in the countryside, and how many of them have to live in the countryside because it's the it's the only place where you can afford to buy anywhere or rent at this point. 
Yeah, and I, it's interesting because the German government has been encouraging families, especially to to move to a little bit outside the city because they they say that's where the there's more space, there's more houses. Mm. But I I think, and as we were talking about on on the podcast with with Aaron and Imogen. It's kind of different if you're kind of a single person or or living alone in a city. You're not going out to that countryside, are you? <laughs> what are you go? What are you gonna do? <laughs> can't get a bus. Can't get a train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fine. Maybe if you have a family. In fact, it might it might be nicer in mm-hmm. some ways. But and especially, I think if you just want to move to Berlin, you want the culture, you want mm-hmm. the transport links, you want the the nightlife, then it's not a great opportunity to move to the country at that stage in your life mm. i guess i was anti-countryside up until the point i moved to the countryside and then i was like oh it's quite nice it's very quiet i'd forgotten like like that was one of the things that's sort of just obvious but surprising the sort of low level home of of any city and the kind of noise of your neighbors and then you move out the countryside and it's totally silent and at first that can be quite intimidating but on the flip side of that, it might be nice and quiet, but it takes me 20 minutes to walk to a, a Strassen barn and then it takes me another 25 minutes to get in the city center. So mm. it's not all it's not all great and fantastic. People keep going to me, oh, just just get a bike. And I'm like, well, I don't want a bike. <laughs> why, like, why? That's not the solution that you think it is, you know? It's like, oh, just get a bike. That'll be fine. Oh, God. I'm going to become the most middle-class German. I'm going to be wearing Birkenstocks before you know it. You Just are. Watch. You're going that way. But I mean, <laughs> when you're talking there, I, I do feel quite envious. That sounds lovely. I mean, I <laughs> I live in Neukölln in Berlin. It's there's, mm. there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of drama going on <laughs> all mm-hmm. the time. So it would, it would be nice. Maybe, maybe I will move to the country. I'm not saying there's no drama because one of the neighbors, right, he uh, he got a delivery of wood, but he wasn't in and we had to wait for five minutes until he came back home and then we could help him with this big pile of wood that he had wow. for his fireplace. It's a very dramatic moment. Highlight, <laughs> highlight of your weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I miss it. I miss living in cities. If, if tomorrow my wife turned around and went, you know what, I'd really like to just move to a big city. I'd be like, great, let's go. Like, I'll help you pack. And I'm like already packing everything in the bags and just leaving. I'm a city kid, you know, I grew up in cities and I much prefer the hustle and bustle, but I've you sort of come to appreciate it a mm. little bit. The thing that I'm more most concerned about is you kind of, you have to be really aware in cities. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of things going on and you kind of develop a kind of sixth sense for situations. And my concern is the longer I live in the countryside, the more like, kind of countrified i guess to the point where i just become a total hayseed and i'm like rocking <laughs> rocking up to the big city go oh my god look at this city so it just been totally kind of uh over the top but yeah i mean it's it, it, that's my only concern is that there's like a an element of, to living in the city that gives you kind of a a better sense of awareness that you don't really need when your your neighbors have chickens yeah yeah i mean there are different different things going on isn't there? Well, you're, you're learning about chickens and stuff, and I'm not learning about that. So I. <laughs> you make it sound so much nicer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I am. I'm envious. <laughs> but of all the cities, I mean, Berlin's like, I mean, yeah, sure, rents might be tricky and difficult, but like, there's so many. And Aaron had a lot of lovely things to say about the city, 
Yeah, but it, it is such. You, you talk about those like thirteen thousand people who've moved in the last year. So like, I'm not surprised, you know, whether it's for work or just like a change of a change of scenery. Like Berlin's Berlin's a good place to choose if you want to sort of spice up your life a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, but and it's also it's not like other European capitals because it, it it still isn't sort of gentrified in the same way that say London is perhaps or kind of it's not as decadent it seems as, as places like Paris it still has kind of a working class vibe to it or at least that's my perspective from outside yeah it's it's still got really kind of magical stuff about it I, th I think the thing I love about Berlin and I think Aaron touched on this a bit is that you can you can live however you want to live and I mean that as in you don't have to be going to clubs all the time and things. You can you can find a meetup for absolutely anything you want to do, knitting mm. or hiking or whatever, however you want to live, you can do it in Berlin. And it's and people are very kind of friendly and it's so international. So that's mm. that's pretty awesome that you can just meet people from all over the world. So I'm also not surprised that people want to live here. I did it myself six years ago when I came mm. here. Um, but yeah, they, they have a lot of work to do to get the the housing, to get to build houses, basically. <laughs> mm. But it's not, it's not like the lack in the space, is it? It's not like the, there is places where they could they could build yeah. new apartments and things like that. It just seems like, I mean, this is the thing. I've, I wrote this question and then laughed after I wrote it because I'm just like, th th I know the answer to this. But it was like, you've got a new administration in Berlin after... I don't know how long was it like a year of fannying around you've got this berlin uh cdu S uh, spd government do you yeah. reckon they're they're going to be up to the task to fixing this particular problem oh god that, that's <laughs> it that's the question isn't it i just like the first responses oh. <laughs> yeah because that i feel like that is the question that nobody has has an answer for because you, if you remember berlin also had the meet and decal the rent cap in 2020 right. yes of course yeah where, where all the rents were frozen and that was in place for about a year and then the constitutional court threw it out and it caused it caused mayhem across the the market but also just people's lives because they were paying mm -hmm. different rents and things so this cdu spd coalition as you said they are saying that they have a target of building twenty thousand new homes a year and five thousand of those are, need to be social housing because i think one of the problems is that when new houses are built they're luxury apartments yeah so exactly. yeah so they they say that they're committed to this will it happen i who knows <laughs> <laughs> how long's a piece of string yeah, yeah yeah exactly and also they they have brought up that they are considering could Tempelhofer Feld, the old airfield, be, be a place? place think about, yeah. Yeah, be a place to build homes, and that would be very controversial because people voted against it in a referendum in 2014. But it is a huge space, so mm. I don't know. I just don't know how people are going to solve this housing problem, not just in Berlin, but kind of all over, as we're seeing in loads of cities. It it just seems that n there are not really any good answers out there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like there's many answers down here either. I mean, we have similar, the scale's different, but we have similar similar issues, building stock not being replenished. And uh, at, the, at the moment, I mean, we've got an election coming up in at the end of, I think it's the end of October, but it, it's kind of meaningless at this point that the CSU are 
42% in the polls. Looks like they're going to clear it. And they're not bothering to talk about the topic particularly. There's no plan mm. afoot to solve it. They just say there is a problem and then point at sort of the Green Party and go, it's them. It's them what did it, you know, and sort of oh, wow. like, yeah, it's very kind of uh, accusatory at the moment. So uh, whether there is a plan in place, again, I'm kind of of your perspective where it's like, I guess we wait and see, like everything Shamamal, you know, it's like, we'll see if it, it actually occurs. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a huge problem. And yeah, it's a, in Munich, it's a problem. And I mean, Hamburg, I think as well, it's, uh, but Berlin is, it's it's just so dramatic because I think, yeah, the, because the prices are coming from just that slightly lower level. So we're seeing mm. it being really dramatic and that's, it is it is on the agenda here. Mm. So I guess that's good in a way that the politicians are talking about it. But at the same time, you just, you know, that, that meet and deckle thing, that was mm. a whole mess. And, and now the house building thing, yes, of course build houses that makes sense but how long does that process take mm -hmm. and can they hit the targets so mm -hmm. and 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 even when that's going on the rents are just going up and up and up so exactly i don't know yeah i expect we'll probably see some more um photos of, of crazy queuing waiting for single viewings of apartments 100 <laughs> percent. yeah that's that seems to be the, the major content coming out of berlin at the moment that's it just people queuing for apartments all the time that's all we do <laughs> that's, that's all we do on a saturday it's better than uh it's better than playing football i suppose i don't think so That brings us to the end of the show. We're going to turn off the big lights before we leave. Um, actually, before we leave, what I want to do is thank uh, Rachel for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I think you will agree that she was a wonderful guest and hopefully we'll hear her again on here soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, or lowercase on Twitter or Instagram. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dilly on at DillyAlgama, and you can tweet me at 40%German. You can also get us on DecadesFromHome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up here every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bis some next time. Tschüss!